The How to Study the Bible podcast is brought to you by BibleStudyTools.com and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com. So many of us read the Bible and we want it to immediately apply to our current life circumstances without ever stopping to ask, what did it mean at the time that it was written? Welcome to How to Study the Bible. I am your host, your coach. I'll be your counselor if you need it. My name is Nicole Eunice, and I am so glad to bring this to you. What are we doing here? We are discovering how we can study the Bible for ourselves and really how we can experience God for ourselves, His direction for our lives, His purposes, His plans. So we're going to take a few minutes to turn our minds to His Word, to tune our hearts to God's love so that we can be people of peace and purpose as we go out into our day. Today, we're talking about step two of the Alive Method. You can find out all about it and work through a 30-day challenge with me in my book called Help My Bible is Alive. But this podcast is also a great place to start. So last episode, we talked about question one, a really simple question, really simple framework. What does it say? Before we can know what the Bible means or what it means for our life, we have to make sure we're actually understanding what it's saying. And we do that through sharp observation skills, looking at lists and verbs and the little words that connect verses and passages and trains of thought. And as we do that, we're going to find that we have questions. It would be natural to have questions if you're really, really trying to understand what something says. So one of my favorite books growing up was the series called Encyclopedia Brown. This will be how I know who my listeners are that are the same age as me. Encyclopedia Brown was a young, smart gentleman who hung up his shingle and said, I will help solve mysteries through my powers of perception and observation. And that is what we are going to do. We are going to become little mini Bible investigators as we explore this second question of the Alive Method. What's the backstory? What's really happening here? When I think about the backstory, I like to think about when you go to a play, if you've ever been to the theater or to a play, one thing that happens when you go to a play is that they hand you a playbill. And if you're like me, you're like, hey, I want to know what's going on before I get into this thing. And you'll get a little bit of a sketch of where we are, what the context is, kind of how we're entering in to this play. That backstory is what helps us actually engage with what's in front of us. And so when we read the Bible, we also need a backstory. The problem is so many of us read the Bible and we want it to immediately apply to our current life circumstances without ever stopping to ask, what did it mean at the time that it was written? Now, why is this a problem? It's not always a problem. There are some passages in Scripture that can be pretty quickly applied to our life. There's a, there's a verse in Scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. You know what? 100% of the time, every day of the week, no matter what year it is, that is helpful to hear. Be still and know that I am God is helpful. You can't always be still, but there is a part of our hearts that knows that we need to quiet ourselves with our Heavenly Father. Yes, that can apply. But all through Scripture, there are stories and context and characters and theological principles that if we do not slow down to understand what they meant in their time, it is very easy 
to misapply them to our time. And in fact, many of us actually believe the whole Bible is irrelevant because we've landed in some of those places in Scripture, and we've thought to ourselves, how in the world does this apply to my life? Let me give you a scenario that perhaps you've experienced. You've had some sort of emotional commitment, or it's the new year, and you've made a resolution, and this is the year that you're going to read through your Bible. Let's say that you're very dedicated and committed, so you make it all the way through Genesis and Exodus, but then you get to Leviticus, and you're reading the Bible every day very faithfully, and you come upon this list of regulations about cleaning, or about mildew, or about people with sores, or about your animals. And you think, this is so irrelevant to my life. And what happens is you begin to erode your belief that the Bible actually matters to you. It erodes your belief that God is present and active. But what has actually happened is that you've skipped over very crucial steps in understanding the Bible. And it's this step. What's the backstory? If we do not know why a passage or a story or a rule was written at the time that it was written, how in the world are we going to know how to apply it? to our lives. So we have to all be Encyclopedia Brown. We all have to put on our powers of intuition, our perception, and our observation. But there is a way to get a lot of help. If you want to seem like a Bible scholar, there's only one thing you need, and that one thing is a study Bible. I recommend a study Bible for every Christian there is, and it is an investment, but it usually starts pretty low. You can usually get a study Bible like in the $20 range. They go up from there, but a study Bible, it will say on it that it's a study Bible, and we're going to put in the show notes a a link that helps you select a Bible. But if you don't have a study Bible, if you still have the, the Bible that you were given at confirmation or a pew Bible that looks like it was, you know, written and created in 1880, that's not what you need. You do need a study Bible. There's a reason because a study Bible is just this trove of information and observations and insights and knowledge that we would not otherwise have. So I want to talk about three things that your Bible can help you figure out when it comes to the backstory. We're asking ourselves the question, when I read this passage, how do, what do I need to know in order to correctly apply it for the time that it was written? written. All right, so young young investigators, let us investigate together what is the backstory of this passage. Three things that I want you to know in case no one has ever told you. There is these wonderful tools in a Bible that your pastor and people that you listen to who preach or write or teach all use that perhaps maybe you have never known what they're for and how to use them. So the first one in your study Bible, if you have a study Bible, is going to be study notes. And these notes are going to be separated from Scripture um, about halfway down the page with a line, and then there's going to be all of this information under it. If you've ever opened a Bible like this, you're probably like, what in the world? But here is what study 
study notes are. I mean, how incredible is this? Study notes are written by a group of scholars. It's not just one person, but if you're reading a regular translation of Scripture, the study notes underneath are a group of scholars who have dedicated their life to things like understanding the original ancient Hebrew language that the Old Testament was written in, dedicated their life to understanding ancient Greek that the New Testament was written in. These are people who are theologians who have applied their life to this academic pursuit of the integrity and original intent of the Bible. And it's not just one of them that you get access to, but a whole group of them who have put together their best and highest thoughts about the historical context of what is happening in a passage of Scripture. When you read those study notes, you are basically getting the cliff note version of all of that scholarship given to you. Now, this is going to be a little different in a study Bible than, for instance, a very popular version of a Bible called a Life Application Bible. I love a Life Application Bible. I think it's a great place to start if you're a new believer. However, in a Life Application Bible, the notes that you're going to be are going to be mainly focused on helping you apply this passage to your life. That is great. That is helpful. But that is also a shortcut. And at some point, it's great to grow up and through that. And I still use a life application Bible. I still love using it. But don't you want to get to the good stuff for yourself? Like, don't you want to know some of that backstory that's like so intriguing and fascinating? Can I tell you just a little backstory that I learned in my study Bible? You heard the story of Jonah. Have you ever heard the story of Jonah and the whale? If you remember that story about Jonah, he's a prophet who's called to go to Nineveh. And he like does not want to go. And the first time I studied this, I thought, If he's a righteous guy and a prophet of God who knows that God is like loving and loves his people, why wouldn't he want to go tell other people about it? It just didn't make sense to me. And I thought, there's probably a reason that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. And when you actually read about Nineveh just in the book Introduction to Jonah or in some of the study notes that are in there, do you know what I learned about Nineveh? that they built their city gates and they put the skulls of children and infant sacrifices into their city gates. I'm like, well, holy cow. I mean, no wonder he didn't want to go there. That's the kind of stuff that you get in study notes, like the good stuff, the understanding, the knowledge of like, what was this ancient city? You guys, Nineveh was a real city. It's an ancient city that outside of the Bible existed and you can read about it and you can read about the Ninevites and who they were. And that is fascinating. Like this is how the Bible comes to life. So that's an example of what you can find in study notes. They give you their best and highest thoughts about theology, about God, about how you can connect different pieces of scripture together. Okay, the second huge resource that you have right at your fingertips with a study Bible is called a concordance. Again, Christians love big, fancy words. A concordance is really just a detailed outline that gives you an inventory of different words that would be important to your spiritual life. So you can go to the back of your Bible, and you can find a concordance in a lot of different places. This is a just a literature sort of function, not just a Bible function. But when you go to a concordance, you're going to see things like you can look up the word encouragement, and you're going to see listed under the word encouragement every verse in scripture that uses the word encouragement along with a little teaser to give you a sense of what that word would mean. So even if you knew nothing more than these first two steps of the alive method, you could ask yourself, what is it that I'm missing in my life? 
What is it that I don't understand about God? Maybe I know that I am not a person who's experiencing peace. You could just go to your concordance, look up the word peace, and do a little Bible lookup for a few days of your devotional life and start to write down some verses where God talks about his peace. And notice, like, what does it say about peace? That's what I'm talking about. Like, this is accessible to you right now after only listening to this much of the podcast. You already have some tools that you can use. A concordance helps you kind of understand some of those big pieces of scripture. Not every verse is going to make sense or connect to you necessarily, but it's a great resource for helping you, especially when you're doing a topical study, which means like when you're studying a topic as opposed to like a passage of scripture. So studying peace or studying um, anxiousness or studying um, God's love, anything like that you can find in the back of your Bible. And then the third thing that I love making sure that Christians understand about their study Bible is this mysterious thing called a cross-reference. Cross-references are usually located in the middle margin of your scripture. Sometimes they overflow to the bottom of the page. And what you're going to see in a cross-reference, and we're putting in the study notes a place where you can kind of see this visually, what you're going to see in a cross-reference is that a verse is going to be called out, and you're going to look over at the cross-reference, and it's going to say something like, if we're in Philippians 4, nine, you're going to see in bold four nine in your margin, and then next to it, a bunch of references to other verses. There has been scholarly work done. I believe that the actual chain of cross-references is more is almost half a million cross-references in Scripture, and the more robust your study Bible, the more study your study Bible, the more of those cross-references you're going to see for yourself. So if you're in a Bible and you open it right now and you look and you don't see any cross-references, then you don't have a study Bible. You have maybe a devotional Bible, something that's helping you. But what a cross-reference does is it actually helps you connect chains of thought and theological principles. And all a theological principle means is what is who is God and what can I know about him? Who am I and what can I know about human nature and how do those two interact? All of that, those theological principles are connected in a cross-reference. So if you're reading and you're really reading and you're asking yourself question one, what does it say? Then naturally you're going to have more questions. And when you have more questions, you might be able to look right to a cross-reference and find, huh, right here in my Bible, I am pointed to two other verses. I can follow this trail of adventure. It's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure experience where I can begin to mine some of the beauty and the depth and the richness of God's Word and see it not just as a collection of 66 books written over 1,600 years, but as an actual inspired narrative beginning to end that God in his spirit has made alive and active, connecting things that happened a thousand years previous to something that's happening right then that is all available to me just through a study Bible. So briefly, as we wrap up, I want to give you one more example of why this matters. And this is going to be very familiar, I'm guessing, to many of you. Sometimes if all we do is apply scripture to our life without ever stopping, we just like, we like pass, go, we pass, like we pass, we go around the Monopoly board like four times and we're just like, apply it to my life. And it doesn't work. Oftentimes it's because we have misinterpreted the context of the scripture. So let me give you an example, one that many, many are familiar with because people like to put it on posters and hold it up at sports games. Philippians 4.13. In the translation that I'm reading, the New Living Translation, it says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. 
hmm, what if I apply that to my life? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make that money because Philippians 4.13 says I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If I'm thinking to myself, hmm, I'm going to take some shortcuts because Philippians 4.13 says I can do everything. Or if you're not experiencing the ability to do everything through Christ who gives you strength, then maybe you're feeling bad about yourself. Well, guess what? Let me read it for you in a different translation. Philippians 4.13 in the New International Version says this, listen for the small words, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. No matter how we read a verse, we want to understand the context with which it was written. So if I can do all this is a little different than I can do everything. And even if the New Living Translation does say I can do everything, well, I would ask you, who is I and what is everything? And if you do a little bit of investigating and you read your study notes or you look at some cross-references, you're going to know that this was written by the Apostle Paul. And at the time that it was written, he was in prison and he was suffering. And actually what he is saying is that I can handle this suffering. I can handle what God brings into my life because he gives me strength. He's not saying I can make that money and I can get that promotion and I can have all the material things and possessions that I desire to have because God gives me strength at all. Because when we start to look into the backstory, the scripture comes to life and we are much more likely to be able to rightfully interpret God's word for our own life if we start with the backstory. So don't forget that backstory. And next episode, we'll talk about question three. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Gibbons and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.